everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Field Guys podcast, your source for the greatest sports mind since Jonathan Papelbon. Uh, as always, we are your hosts, Max Jensen and Cameron Curran, and we, we got a great pod coming up talking about some KBO baseball um, and what that means for kind of the return of sports in general and what we might see in the next few months. Um, the NFL schedule coming out and much, much more. So getting right into it, we had, we had KBO baseball premiere pretty recently on ESPN. Um, it was it, it was on at I think one a.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Max, you you I remember you watched it. What, what were the teams? Well, I I recorded it. I didn't stay up till one in the morning. You know, okay. I'm not that invested. Um, but it, it's it's really nice to see baseball back. Um, the announcers were talking about it. Just the simple things like the crack of the bat. Just things we're missing right now. It's really nice to watch. Um, I think the first game. Um, the Dinos uh, ended up winning. That's the team I'm pulling for because I'm a Nats fan, and Eric Thames used to play for the NC Dinos, um, so got to represent there. They're doing pretty well. I think they uh, they only lost one game so far, uh, but it, it's really exciting to watch. And uh, one thing I really enjoy is the uh, the expression and uh, the bat flips. Um, I think it was like the second game. Uh, one of the uh, Dinos players just hit a bomb and just his bat flip was crazy. And that's not something you see here in America. Um, but I, I personally, I love the player expression, like in the world series when uh, Bregman and Soto brought their bats down the first baseline. Like I, I like that. I know a lot of uh, old people don't like that. Um, a lot of the older guys. They, they think it's disrespect, but I, I find it very entertaining. I mean, hey, if you're gonna give up a 400 foot bomb, you should you should probably prepare for some for some embarrassment. Yeah, I, th- I think I think you, you you've earned the right to carry your bat with you a little bit. Yeah, if, if you hit if you hit a bomb, definitely. And uh, so there are some Americans over in the KBO: um, Aaron Altair, Dan Straley, Preston Tucker. This guy, I know it's really early. It's only been like six games, but this dude is going off. He's hitting 476. He's got three three bombs okay. in six games. He hit two of those today. He right. is just dominating. Um, and then on the pitching side, Warwick Sopold, who is another former uh, MLB pitcher for the Tigers. Um, he's doing great in two starts, uh, 120 ERA and a .6 whip. Um, you know, it's still early, but it's, uh, it's nice to see some of these Americans doing well in the KBO. And also, Matt Williams, the former manager of the Nats, he's managing the Kia Tigers. They, they got off to a rough start, um, but maybe they'll rebound. Uh, Matt Williams is a, uh, he's an interesting manager. Um, very different <laughs> than uh, Dave Martinez right now, but uh, hopefully he uh, finds some success over there. Yeah, I've 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 made a very uneducated um I guess alliance with with the LG twins. Yeah. I, I I was reading some ESPN article about how they're most closely related to the pre two thousand four Red Sox. And I 
I just decided on the spot that I would be a Twins fan. I was two years old in 2004, and I've never watched a Twins game, but I, I think I've decided upon the Twins, and I'm I'm pulling for them. I have yet choice. to watch a game because oh. I I'd rather be watching like. West Wing at 1 a.m. But uh, that's true. I know you. Or Scooby-Doo. Or Scooby-Doo. Don't take shots at Scooby-Doo. It's the new one also. That one has a lot. It has an overarching plot. That it, uh, It's right. tough to follow, actually. I had to watch it a few times. <sighs> Especially at 1 in the morning, I bet. Yeah. At 1 in the morning, things start to run a bit slowly. Yeah. Um, but another cool thing about, well, I don't know if it's cool, but different um, about the KBO is that these aren't teams based on like location. It's like companies. So like Samsung has a team, Kia, the Kia Tigers. Uh, it's definitely different uh, than how baseball runs in America. Oh. And it's, it's yeah, yeah. You're I was wondering what LG that. stood for. Yeah. I wonder <laughs> what city in, in South Korea that was. Yeah, it's definitely different. Uh, I don't know how to feel about it, but it's it's interesting. I think. I mean, that's it's kind of what it is is now, just yeah, with, the, with the mask of location. It, it's all business anyway. That's true. That's definitely true. Um, which which I think is actually a a pretty good transition into into what I I want our next talking point to be, which is the. The, the, the return of sports in general. Mm-hmm. And I was, I, mean, I was listening to another podcast and I, I heard someone make a point that I, I haven't heard been made yet, but when, when I heard it, it, I was instantly convinced is what are the pros for bringing sports back like there, there's only one reason why sports would come back, and it's it's money. There, there's no other reason sports would come back. You can you can make the argument like the American psyche, but if if the owners didn't care, there would be no push for it. If the only reason that we'll we'll see sports or that we are seeing pushes made for sports to come back and for um, like these teams to start playing and to find ways around quarantine is because owners are worried about losing money. And I, I have to say after like two months of no sports and I've, I've really missed sports. It's been fantastic to see the KBO come in and even the the 2K tournament with the players, which wasn't that impressive, but it was something to and watch. The, the uh, MLB The Show tournament, where the show tournament. Rodriguez, he didn't do too well. Sorry, Cameron. Juan Soto did a little bit. He better. did not. That's okay. I've, I've, I wasn't too hurt over that. Um, but it's sports isn't at the forefront of my mind right now. It's, hmm. it's not. And it, th- there are other things that are occupying occupying my my mind space. Yeah. So that's that's kind of where I'm at mentally. And 
I, I can't think of how the pros outweigh the possible cons of making this huge push for sports to come back within the next month or two. Yeah. So I don't think it's about money. And we see some of these owners kind of pushing against going back because they think they might actually lose money. I think um, people want sports to come back because they miss sports. I mean, we saw um, Dr. Fauci say like, America needs baseball. They need something to root for right now, which I I think is kind of a good point. But I think if they're going to bring it back, they got to do it with extreme precaution because we don't want this coronavirus to extend any farther than it has to. So if, for instance, baseball is going to come back, they need um, no fans. That's obviously going to happen. But they need like, a ton of testing right you got to test the players as often as you can um and then if one guy gets you know uh gets the virus then you know he's going to hit the uh, injured list he's going to have to go in quarantine um but yeah i think i don't know selfishly i'd love baseball to come back um and as long as they do it safely um i'm kind of okay with it i think yeah I, th- I'm I'm not saying that people aren't pushing for it to come back. Like if if in a perfect world I'd push for football to come back and and the um baseball would come back and I'd see the end of the NBA playoffs, right? Yep. I think the only reason it starts is because of money. And and like what you were saying about the adjustments they need to make, specifically like the testing you wonder if those tests could be put to better use. Yeah, that's a good like point. You, you, if they can use those tests to get it to people who actually need it rather than to make sure these players don't have it because they decided to have a baseball game, Yeah, I think there are better uses of the resources at hand besides baseball. And I love watching baseball, but I, I think th- that – is is one of the biggest arguments against it and i'm i'm kind of at the very beginning of it of of this of the quarantine and coronavirus thing i i was a huge proponent of bringing sports back and i think after having like the time to mentally adjust to this space i i think i'm kind of i'm starting to see where these people are coming from yeah i totally agree good point with the uh the masks or the uh testing being put to better use um but say baseball does come back and we go through a season maybe they start in july um i think it's going to be really different um do we think that uh whichever team wins the world series is there going to be like a little asterisk next to their name because maybe they didn't play the whole season because one thing that uh that's to note is that the nats last year they started slow they started really bad, 19 and 31, and they didn't get hot until like late May. Um, so that's like the first two months of the season. If they were to do that, you know, in this setting, that's July and August out the drain, and they've really only got like a month to get it going. Um, so it, it, it'll be a different dynamic for sure, and we definitely won't see um, any kind of underdog seasons like the Nats had last year. I don't, 
I don't think there would be an asterisk next to the thing. I mean, to start off, coming back from 1931 is very much the exception and not the rule. <laughs> I feel like that most definitely does not happen very often. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like if, if, if you had a season of even 80 games, people would probably just take it to be, hey, we got what we could. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard rumors about the NBA, like maybe taking whoever had the best record and just making them the default champion. Ooh, I don't like and that. At, at that point, right? Neither do I. Like at that point, I put an asterisk next to that. Yeah. Um. But I I think if if you're starting a season late versus finishing it early, I think your your the the championship title and the bragging rights are probably fine for you. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um. Yeah. Um. But yeah, moving on from that. Um sort of a transition um the nfl released their schedule um and right it sounds like they're i mean i guess planning on starting like they normally would um in september with their games mm-hmm. um but uh some interesting notes uh from the schedule the seahawks this happens i feel like a lot just because of their location but they have to travel yeah. twenty nine thousand miles over the course of the season in comparison, the Baltimore yep. Ravens traveling six thousand. Um, yeah, so that's that's definitely interesting. Um, the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, I, I you want to hit some. Yeah, I, just in terms of the the traveling, I think it, it's you, you you mentioned this, but the, just the location is a huge part of that. Like there are a bunch of teams up and down the East Coast, yeah, and the Ravens division has another team in the same state. They got a team in Cleveland. Uh, so I, I think with them, with, with, with stuff like that, it's kind of unavoidable. Yeah. Like if you're the only team in a large radius, you're going to have to travel a little bit. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the whole schedule in general, I mean, I, people already knew where they were, like who they were playing. Yep. It, it's not like there's a huge change in what in game plan or how excited you were to play a certain team. Yeah. Um, I, I guess there's a difference if you're teams of equal level and you're going from hot to cold. But I can't really think of an example of that. I, I think the time of year you're playing really only matters a when you're getting your bye week i think that's a huge thing players probably look for is when is the bye week and second i think if you have a team of about equal talent and one of them is at home in the cold and one of them is traveling from a warm location to that cold location it might make a difference Yep. But besides that, I don't think they're, the the location or time makes a huge difference. If a team is better than you, they're going to beat you. I was I was watching uh, the Pat McAfee show, and they, they bring this guy, A.J. Hawk, on, who used to mm-hmm. play for the Packers. They bring him on a lot. And he said that when when they got the schedule, 
he would look at who they played in December and when for when the bye week was. But they didn't it, it didn't really matter to them. It's not like they freaked out if they played a good team in December. They knew who they were playing. They were fine with it. They'd figure it out. They were a good team. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, I mean, I, I know ESPN did like a three-hour show live reacting to the oh, NFL yeah. schedule, yeah. which is just unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I appreciate the effort to, yeah. to put content out there, but it is insane. I think it's, it's way too hyped up. Yeah, I wouldn't have been able to sit to uh, sit through that. I saw actually a funny video on Twitter of like a sort of like a mockery of the coaches. Um, but Kyle Shanahan, I think on that show, was talking about the schedule, and he's like, "Yeah, it really doesn't matter. We don't really look too far into it because teams change so much over the course of a season. Like the Ravens really changed a lot last year, um, just switching between sort of like a run heavy pass heavy offense." Um, but one thing um, that's definitely interesting and uh, important to note, um, Tom Brady and the Bucks. Mm-hmm. his last six games, four of them yep. are at home in Tampa. Nice weather, always. Yep. Two of them are away. Both of them happen to be in a dome. Do yep. we think that's intentional or is this some crazy coincidence? Four of them at home, I feel is strange. I feel like a lot, but right. I mean, who's they have? They have New Orleans in the division, who's in a dome. Falcons, Falcons who are in a dome. So, I I I think then again, it's just they're beneficiaries of their circumstances. They play against people frequently who have dome stadiums and they are in a, cold, a warm weather climate. The four home games in the last six, would ha- I think, will help if they're making a playoff push. Mm-hmm. But I, I, again, I think kind of like the Ravens traveling 6,000 miles. You, you just, they got lucky. They are lucky with what they naturally have, which is – dome opponents and a warm climate to play at home yeah that's fair but it's always fun to speculate if uh roger goodell and it, it, brady it's fun to, to, to make rumors but it's definitely oh, nice for, definitely for brady you know 40 whatever years old oh yeah out there in tampa i it's gonna be warm weather a real shock for him he's to not used to practice it. outside oh in december God. and be happy yeah oh god and then uh, one other thing I just wanted to throw out there. The Redskins only have one primetime game. Very, very disappointed they about suck. that. Why did you think Eight they teams have more? five games. You can throw the Redskins in I'm there surprised the one. Patriots have five. It must I, be because of who they're playing because the Patriots do not deserve to have five. I think it's just more of the storyline because they have a lot to talk about um, with just Belichick and uh, – Brady leaving, I think that'll create a lot of talk between the Maybe. analysts. But b- from a team, I think it also might sport. be like the their opponents. Oh, that that could. I, be. I, I think they have a relatively. I'm looking at it now. They're playing the Chiefs, the 49ers. That's probably prime time. Oh yeah, <laughs> the Ravens are probably prime time. Yep, it's uh, a tough schedule. The Jets, I think, is a prime time game. What? Okay, that okay. All right. Yeah. There's my point. (laughs) 
Although that, that, that's, a, that's a kind of a storied rivalry. Oh, and then the Rams is also a prime time. Right. Uh, Jared Stidham. Which is, which is Jared Stidham is getting a lot of heat. But I think people are starting to, to turn on him. They're, people are starting to like him. No, from, I, I'm, from I'm sure I've he's seen. a great guy. And he's probably a decent football player, but we'll have to see. He's got a pro- just, from everything I've heard, in just in terms of reporters and teammates, pe- people are saying he can sling it. Like All right. people are saying he can throw the ball. All right. I don't know well, how well that translates to the Belichick scheme, but people are saying he's a that's cannon. true. Um, well, another person who arguably has a cannon. Um, Andy Dalton just signed with the Cowboys. My boy. The Dallas Cowboys. It was really strange. And we've been talking a lot about whether they're going to sign Dak, when they're going to sign Dak, how much. Then they go out and get Andy Dalton for a year. I think it was around, what, $7 million? Um, yeah. I think this is an awesome deal for Andy Dalton. Makes a lot of sense. Um, yep. He can just sit down for a year in a good organization, really work on his game, and then become a free agent next year when there's more opportunities. For the Cowboys, yeah. I, I, I don't necessarily understand it. I guess it's sort of an insurance policy if Dak decides to hold out. But I, I don't see that happening. Um, it's just it, it's interesting how the Cowboys decide to spend their money. It always baffles my mind. I think, well, I, I, I think the, the Cowboys trying to get an insurance policy is, was probably pretty smart. I think yeah. Dak saw Zeke hold out and, and do well for himself. And he's, he's trying to play a little copycat. But yep. I, don't, I don't really have a problem because Annie Dalton is he's capable, like he's competent. Yeah. He was a winning quarterback. Off. You're right. So when, if, if he ends up playing, which I don't think he will, but should the, there be a holdout and the NFL starts on time, mm-hmm. he has three all-star talent receivers and arguably the best running back in the league. It, and an old but still really good offensive line, he'll succeed with them. Or at least he should. Yeah, he would do well there. So I, I think this puts Dak in a really bad spot because if if it turns out that they don't really need Dak, it's gonna it's gonna hurt him. Yeah. Because they have a lot of offensive talent. Okay. So um, I, I think this is this is a bad spot for Dak. Yeah. And it might be similar to sort of like uh from Dalton's perspective um, to like Teddy Bridgewater with the saints go there, be a backup quarterback behind a good, uh, good veteran. Well, I, I guess Dak's not necessarily a veteran, I think, but it could guess Dalton's like older than him. Yeah. Um, but one guy that he got signed over and who's still a free agent is mm-hmm. Cam Newton. Yep. Um, which I think, I think we have different opinions on this. I, I think Cam Newton needs to be on a football team. He's too good in my opinion, not to be. I think he could be a starter in a lot of situations. I agree. Um, I mean, besides last year, I mean, he's like a Pro Bowl quarterback, I think. 
Um, he had that MVP season, of course. Um, uh, he, he, he's a big personality. Um, it would be interesting to see him in a backup role. I don't know how he would handle that. Um, but I, I'm going to keep saying it. Uh, the XFL, I think, could be a possibility for him. Just because I, I don't think a team's going to sign him at this point. And he could go to the XFL. He's, he's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. He's not. But he could go to the XFL, be the MVP, because he's going to be so much better than everyone else. Yep. Lead his team to a championship, and then get a nice contract from an NFL team that's like, oh, Cam Newton's good again. I think it's a good, good idea. Yeah. I, I think Cam Newton is a very talented quarterback. But the options, I think, are none of them fit. There are teams with bad quarterbacks, but I mean, I can't think of any teams with just god awful quarterbacks except for the Bears. <laughs> but I don't. If you only have one or two choices, and those coaches don't like your play style or those coaches don't like your personality, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Also, not to mention, I, I think Newton needs to stop being a running... Like, he didn't handle losing his... his he, I'm trying to find the right way to word this. He doesn't have the same edge athletically as he once did, but he plays like he still has it. He's still really fast. He's still very strong. But he used to be this Lamar Jackson type where he could stiff arm and outrun every player on the field, and he can't anymore. Yeah. And he didn't transition out of that well. He's, he's still an average thrower. He's, he still plays like he has just overall superior athleticism, and he doesn't. So <laughs> to get a quarterback who thinks – He's a different type of player and who has a personality that may not fit your team. I, I can see where people are coming from to, to not want to sign him. I, I think there are teams that they couldn't go wrong with him, right? I think if the Bears, instead of taking Nick Foles, they get Cam Newton or they just drop Trubisky, which they did, I think, didn't they? Did they? I don't think... Just get rid of Trubisky entirely? I don't think they did. There are definitely teams that I could see doing it, but he's not a necessity for anyone, I don't think. And with all the baggage he brings with him, I I can see why people are are staying away from him. Yeah, no, I can can definitely see why teams are staying away from him. Um, One team that, like sort of makes sense on papers like the Jaguars because they have Gardner Minshew and he he did fine last season. Um, but I, I don't think he's like the face of the franchise or anything. Um, but we could see sort of like the Jags tanking for Trevor Lawrence. That could be the new, uh, the new tanking yeah. for Tua next year. Um, but yeah, another quarterback mm-hmm. who's got a cannon, Aaron Rodgers, And Brett Favre was interviewed. I'm not sure where this was but uh he was talked he was asked about the uh, the Aaron Rodgers situation and he said that he expects Aaron Rodgers to end up on a different team to finish out his career I do and also 
at this point, it sort of seems inevitable. Um, he's got, I think, four yeah. years left on his deal, but the last two are kind of expendable. Um, and we see this with a lot of good quarterbacks. Tom Brady obviously left, Peyton Manning. Um, so it's sort of becoming the norm. But one thing, um, he was interviewed on the Pat McAfee show like hours before the draft. He was talking. He's like, yeah, I saw that. It was, it's so important for me to finish my career out in Green Bay. You know, the legacy would be awesome for the fans. And then they go out and just stab him in the back almost. Um, yeah. So it, it's tough to watch because Aaron Rodgers is such a he's, – he's a good guy. Um, he's good. And they're, they're sort of forcing him out. And whether you agree with that or not, you know, that's, that's sort of just football. Um, but maybe he, uh, he leaves, goes somewhere else, wins the championship there, and kind of shoves it in the Packers' face. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think – I, I think he'll definitely finish his career someplace else. I don't know how soon it'll happen. I mean, Rodgers isn't super old. Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing. In in comparison to a lot of the I mean, he's seen Breeze and Brady play past their forties. Yeah. And Roethlisberger is getting up there too. And all these people are still playing at very high levels. Yep. So especially for someone who's a pocket passer and usually stays pretty safe. Mm-hmm. Rogers is, I, he, he's still got, I think a good amount left in the tank. So I'd be surprised to see him stay in green Bay for oh, yeah. more than two or three years. Mm-hmm. But I, I think this might be a, a I, I think a lot of people are expecting this to be, Either it, it'll be good for one team or the other. It'll be good for either Rodgers or the Packers, but not both. And I, I, I can see this becoming mutually beneficial. I, I think if Rodgers can get off this team where he's always been just a little bit below, like he's always been around players who don't quite live up to the standards of a championship team. He can go ring chasing, which for someone of his caliber, I think is completely justified. So he can go to some team that's already set up for success and get his, get his rings. And in the meantime, we can see Jordan Love come up, build his own legacy there, try to build uh, his dynasty in Green Bay. So I, I, I could see this becoming mutually beneficial, especially because, I mean, people were one of the biggest criticisms about the Jordan Love draft was that they they were like two skill players away, or they were in the NFC Championship. So why were they taking a player that they didn't need? When you watched the Packers versus the Forty ers they were not one or two players away. The Forty ers were levels above the Packers. Like even when you watch them in the in the regular season, the Packers never had a chance against the 49ers. When you're when your quarterback throws it 11 times and you still get dismantled, something's wrong. So it, it's not like the Packers were one or two rookies away from closing the gap to the 49ers. 
there's more work that needs to be done. So I think if you're trying to find a QB who you can set up for success to build this long run with, it's, it's, I can see it happening. So I, I can see this being mutually beneficial for, for both parties. It definitely has potential to be mutually beneficial. Um, but I think Rogers is the type of guy that's going to value a world or a, a, sorry, a Super Bowl win with the Packers more than a Super Bowl win with kind of any other teams. He sort of seems like a legacy sort of guy. But I also want to go back uh, to the Packers not being a couple players away. I mean, they were still, they were the second best team in the NFC last year, right? They sure, they were, the 49ers were clearly better. That's fair. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but I still think if you're the second best team, you need to do everything you can to become the best team. You need to put I don't, all your money, all your picks on what's going to put you over that line in a Super Bowl win or a Super Bowl appearance. Um, so I, I, I disagree with you there. And I don't think they were the second best team. Who was it's, the second best team? I'd say the Saints. Okay. And I then mean, there's an argument for the Seahawks to be third. Okay, that's pushing it. I mean, when, when they played in the regular season, the Seahawks and the Packers were toe-to-toe. Mm-hmm. And it came down to the wire. So it's, they were, I think in terms of talent, probably tied for third or around fourth. And I think they got through the playoffs well. Okay, but my whole thing is if you're a contending team, I want to do everything I can to win next year. As a GM, I want to get a Super Bowl win. Sure, if you, can, if you can build for year four, year five down the road, that's nice. But you don't know you're going to be a contender then, right? You know you're going to be a contender now. Whether you're the best team or not, you know, the Nats weren't the best team. The Dodgers were clearly, like, the best team on paper, but that doesn't mean that they're going to win the World Series every time. Um, but another thing you mentioned, uh, I think in previous podcasts about Matt LaFleur coming in um, and wanting to connect with his quarterback. And yeah. that's, that's a good point. I, I think you're onto something there, but as a GM, I'm going to put more eggs into the Aaron Rodgers basket than I am to the Matt LaFleur basket because this coach he's coming in, he's a new coach one year. He did great. He's a good coach. But this quarterback's been with your team for what, like ten years now, and you're just gonna be like, I'm 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 putting all my eggs in back, the basket of the coach. I I I don't necessarily like that, and I think it's a little bit of a disrespect to Aaron Rodgers and what he's done for the Green Bay Packers. The the Packers weren't good for a while, so I I don't understand why it's. It's all of a sudden, like, weird that people are acting like there need to be. Also, they're they're veterans away. They don't need rookies. They need established players. There's a couple rookie wide receivers that are going to excel next year. Sure, but the the after picks four, after like the top four or five, it was a deep receiver class. Yeah, so, and then they went out and got like a running back in the second round, which <laughs> that was confusing. 
That was confusing. <laughs> that was odd. But I mean, I, I think Matt LaFleur, if, if you don't have success with this, this QB over a span of, uh, over such a long span of time as they did, it, it's been like 10 years. And they have one Super Bowl, and that was a while ago. And since then, they've, they've had bad seasons. They've had losing seasons. They've had some good seasons. They've had bad seasons. But they haven't been a standout team. So to try to make changes, they, they've had all the eggs in the Rodgers basket for a while, and it hasn't worked. So I, I think trying to find new ways to try and find what's wrong is – is not unreasonable. Yeah, um, that's fine. Yeah, it's it's a decent point. It's um, it's it's a very it's this is a, a situation that I don't think has a correct answer, no. and there are very many perspectives that it could it could be seen by. Very true. Very true. Um, but a uh, another note about the NFL that was. Uh, determined recently um last year obviously there was reviews on pass interference calls in the nfl um that was sort of a mess nothing really ever got overturned um but they're getting rid of it um the uh chairman of the nfl competition um rich mckay um made that call i think in an interview um i don't like this I think as a game, we need to progress in terms of new technology. If we can get better with new technology, I think that's the route we need to go. Um, And it clearly wasn't working. A change needed to be made. I don't think we needed to botch it entirely. And I was watching a video of how the XFL did it, and it was perfect. And baseball needs to adapt this too. They put a camera on the guy and a mic on the guy that's making the decision. So he's going through the video. He actually had like an Xbox controller. It was kind of funny. And he was, he was like, all right, um, this is going to be a first down here. Um, his knee was clearly down. Um, so this is what you're going to do. And he like outlined it for everyone at home to understand what's going on. And, um, you know, as a baseball fan, there's a lot of reviews. There's usually at least one or two per game. And there's at least like a minute or two where you have no idea what's going on. And that was, again, what happened in the NFL. And there were some calls that were like, clearly, they clearly should have been overturned, but they weren't. And you really didn't know why. And now there's sort of speculation because the guy doing it was a ref. He maybe had friends who were refs. He didn't want to make them look bad or whatever. Um, So I think they just need to make a change and not botch it entirely. I think... If they had stuck with it for a while, eventually it would have become more commonplace to see stuff being overturned. I think when you add new rules, it, it takes a little bit to, to really get some footing in, in the NFL. But I, I felt that the specifically the pass interference reviews it was an overreaction. It it was a decision made based off of one play. 
And yeah, they're a missed call sometimes. Sucks. Sorry. Wow. Like they, it was bad timing. Yeah, but there were missed calls against, specifically for that Saints Rams game that this all came out of. There were missed calls against the Saints too. It it was recency bias. Yeah, it happened on the last play of the game. That's why everyone cared. But there were missed calls against the Saints earlier that game, and no one's talking about it. There are missed calls against every team every game. But no one talks about it because it wasn't the last play of the NFC Championship. But isn't that annoying as a fan? If your sure. team does everything right yeah. and a ref screws it up, and in some cases it's your season lost, isn't that frustrating? And wouldn't you want, wouldn't you want um, your, the, the refs to just make the right calls every time? Like yeah. in a perfect world, yes, this would it, it wouldn't be perfect, but it would be better than having nothing. I think, and I'm a big fan of uh, baseball trying to adapt robot umps. I feel like that'd be cool. Sure, because it's but, frustrating when when there's bad calls and it's agreed. not your team's fault. And I get over it. I I'm I'm mad for three plays and then I I suck it up, but. Let's also not forget that play didn't lose them the game. They had like four more chances to win the game after that. <laughs> That's true. It wasn't the call that lost in the game, but right. If a different call was made, but they could they're have won. acting like it was. Calls are missed sometimes. Sorry. <laughs> That's the best I can do for you. Yeah. It's 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 just it was an overreaction. And I think the way the NFL rules have been recently are good. I think protecting players more, trying to protect quarterbacks more, trying to protect defenses receivers more, all fantastic. But changing the rules such that it's it's like it's based off of overreactions from managers and and coaches and fan bases. It that that's the part that bothers me. If yeah. that makes any sense. Yeah, I disagree. I don't think it's an overreaction. I, I think it's a good thing, but they got rid of it. We're not going to see that next season. Maybe they'll bring it back eventually. Um, they um, also might be just taking it out so they can make changes to it, and then well, they'll reinstitute it in a certain way. You do I don't that. know if that's what's happening. but <laughs> They've had a lot of time to figure this out. They've had a lot of time. Yeah. I don't think they need it. But I, I'd assume that's probably not – it's probably not – it's the, also just a the quick forefront fix. of their a quick fix. Like I, I could just go in there, boom, put a camera, put a mic, get a different guy in there. Perfect. Problem solved. Easy. That's, that doesn't solve the pass interference review though. That just solves fan confusion. Yeah, but I, I think a lot of the problem with it last year with the calls were like the guy that was making the calls. I think he, he needs to be out of there in terms of we need a new guy making those decisions. Um, but, you know, whatever. And maybe have, like, multiple I, people. I, I agree. Um, I think it'd be cool to hear the, the thought process and have it be justified. Yeah. The, the XFL, I think, is doing a lot of things right. Um, and the NFL should look at they're, some of the things that are They're doing. very good at showmanship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, moving on. Um, 
something maybe to look forward to. I'm not really a golf fan, but uh, I'm a football fan. Tom Brady is teaming up with Phil Mickelson to go up against Peyton Manning and Tiger Woods. This is going to happen in a couple weeks, May 24th. What, what, what do we think of this? Who, who, are we, uh, who are we thinking is going to win? Off the bat, I, I, I'm leaning Brady and Mickelson. Okay. Just because they're, they're both kind of the, the – it feels weird to say this, but they, these are the, the younger guys in comparison. <laughs> I guess. I know. I just – I feel like Mickelson's more consistent than Tiger Woods is. And I, I, I give Mickelson and Brady the, uh, the overall more athletic and, and, and strength uh, leg up over, over Manning and Woods. I feel like Manning and Woods are kind of the, the played out old, old geezers. I, th- I think you're overthinking this. I, I, I imagine they're very similar in terms of talent. You know, Brady kind of matches up to Manning and Woods does to Mickelson. The, the, no, my, I feel like Manning and Brady are, are about equal. I, I think my, my biggest difference is between Mickelson and okay. Woods. I mean, I know nothing about golf, so you could be right and I could be way off. Um, but I, I, I'm saying that Peyton Manning is going to get into uh, Tom Brady's head with the trash talking. Oh, um, really? I mean, Tom Brady, compared to Peyton Manning, he's, he's definitely quieter. Um, and I think Peyton's going to get inside of his head. It's going to throw him off a little bit. And Peyton and Tiger are going to take this home. I don't think you have Brady enough credit. Uh, if, if, if you don't think he doesn't get trash-talked on the daily. Yeah, but he doesn't get trash-talked by Peyton Manning. But the there are other people funny. that are as good as Peyton Manning. There are other people that are as good as Peyton Manning. As good. Yeah. Pey- Peyton Manning is just awesome. No, he's good. I, I, I'm not saying... Did, did you see? I'm he not was, downplaying. He was trash-talking trash-talk. Tom Brady on television. They were like yeah. announcing this. And he was trash talking him hard, and Brady was just taking it. He's like, "All right, you know, whatever." That's that's his that's his that's his mo. That's what he's good at. That is Tom Brady for sure. Mental game. Um, but I guess sort of the last sports news we definitely want to hit on, and this was like hours ago. Uh, this was really recently. Yeah. Um, Zion Williamson. Um, he's being asked to admit that his parents received money. Um and or gifts from Duke, Nike, and Adidas. Um, so this comes from his former market representative. Um, yep. And him and her have gone back and forth with lawsuits. I think it's gotten up to like $100 million. So it's kind of intense. Um, this is interesting. Um, obviously, Zion was sort of the top recruit. Yep. Um, and then also a different attorney who... I think he was in jail. He got released because of the virus because they're releasing some of the people. Very cool. But he was in jail. He uh, claimed that Zion's mother was receiving payments from Nike when he was in high school. Sounds pretty trustworthy. Well, it, it, it wouldn't surprise me that like, it would be true, but we got to take it with a grain of salt because he is in jail for trying to extort money from Nike. He is a felon. So, <laughs> well, so he's got a, an, an interesting relationship with Nike. Um, yeah. But this is, I feel like this is kind of big news for Zion. It is. No, it is big news. Yeah. And 
it's it's weird, but the over all of the the number one recruits and the big names that have come out over the past like thirty years, I feel like Zion is the least likely to take gifts and money. Oh yeah, if, like if there's if there was gonna be a single number one recruit to to try and call out, it it's just, it wouldn't be Zion. It just in in my mind, it just wouldn't be. You're also a Duke fan. I am. Well, now I'm a Tech fan. Oh well, that's that's very true. Yeah, actually, it's kind of funny. You're. Ooh, that see? was a coincidence. Purely a coincidence. Oh yeah, repping repping the shirt, but it just like if if you watch him just interact with people in general, and just with media, he just he seems so pure of heart. Oh, I'm sure. I I can't. I can't see it. Although one thing, um, a lot of this, the talk is about like his parents, not necessarily him, but his parents might have been pushing, hey, we need money. Hey, we need, we need a car or something. So it, it might not have been him. Maybe. Um, but we'll, we'll see how this develops. It could turn into yeah. something big. It could be just a whole nothing. Um, but we'll definitely have to see. And this... I, this could also be something that's that's just lost in the storm completely. Yeah, like I saw like an article. I don't even know if it's true, but apparently, like NASA confirmed that they're trying to do a movie with Tom Cruise in space. Like, what? yeah, and like the government confirmed UFOs. Confirmed UFOs. Like, yeah. Like, what like, is going like, on? Three weeks ago, and just no one <laughs> like, really cared. I'm like, how is this not headline news? But then again, the coronavirus is kind of happening, so which is strange because it's not like. That's a new thing. People already know about the coronavirus. Yeah, it means it's it's kind so, of, it's kind it's of like, people's minds. I, I think I think people are just like I think just numb to to updates in general. Yeah, after I, after everything that, that that's happened, I didn't I think, see it. Yeah, I mean, I found out about the the Tom Cruise thing because of watching Weekend Update. And, and that that's actually my main news source as well, which yeah, probably isn't great. It's not good. <laughs> um, and then I found out about the UFOs baller transition on my recommendation okay. for this week. It's a podcast. Yep. Probably besides our podcast, of course, one of my favorites Obviously. right now. Yep. Yang speaks. Andrew Yang. One of my favorite people right now. Andrew Greatest Yang man alive. Has a podcast and it's, amazing i mean he's bringing on great guests um and he's sort of like this voice of reason yeah like he's such a smart guy it's yeah. just good to hear his voice and he doesn't hold back either like yeah if he needs to go off he goes he off, goes off which is awesome to watch and listen to um great podcast um kind of talking about what's going on in the world and what he would do to sort of sort of fix it so I'm I'm I I've been a huge Yang Yang guy since day one. And I w I was gonna vote for him. Then he dropped out. Sorry about that, bud. It's okay. He'll he'll be back. He'll be back. I don't I don't I don't I don't think that's I don't think that's the last we've seen of of Andrew Yang. You're who is you're an right. Absolute legend, by the way. He is. If, 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 if he finds this. I actually I DM'd him on Twitter. You did. And on Instagram. What'd you say? Two separate messages. Well, on Instagram, 
because we were, we were doing this project in in uh in my oh no class. i remember this i remember this and we it was we, my government class is this project-based learning thing so instead of just taking notes we actually go through and try to get like hands-on experience with with certain different parts of the government so we're learning about the executive branch and my teacher had us run like an actual presidential campaign so some of us were candidates some of us were media some of us were interest groups and i was a presidential presidential campaign mm-hmm. uh, I, I was i was a candidate you were and i was part of the democratic party you were and we were making campaign videos like ads and i dm'd andrew yang on instagram <laughs> asking if you would make a cameo on my on my campaign ad and he did not respond. He, he didn't even leave me a red. He didn't even open it. That's disappointing. That's okay. I was I was loyal afterwards, and then a little a little while after, I DM'd him on Twitter asking what I could do to get to get a math hat. Oh, and you, can, you he, could just buy one. You know. Yeah, I could. They're probably like fifteen bucks. But when I said, "What do I have to do to get one?" I was kind of offering up my services which I felt like would be more exciting for the both of us. Fair point. Um, big, great story. He didn't respond to that either, though. <sighs> Shoot. And I stayed loyal. You did. I don't, I'm not a flaker. So if he hears this, matters. We, we would love to uh, have you on, Andrew. We would love it. Yeah, uh, that'd be awesome. And if you want to get me a, a hat as well. <laughs> I'm a big hat guy. You are. I am. Um, my recommendation for today is this artist futuristic. Um, I cannot remember if I have, if I have shouted him out on this podcast before, but I'm the one on the podcast. So (laughs) sorry. sorry. (laughs) Um, I am one of the hosts, so I get to say who I want to say, and I'm saying futuristic. He's coming out with a new album tomorrow. Very exciting. I think Futuristic was my first ever favorite rapper when I was in like like eighth grade. And I listened to one song on a repeat and didn't listen to any other of his songs, but he was still my favorite rapper. And then in like 10th grade, I started actually listening to his music and I got into it. His, uh, he has, his, his consistency is a little bit weird in the beginning, but Towards the end, he gets a lot more consistent with how good his stuff is. Makes consistent bangers. And he's, he's just great. He does a lot of stuff with, uh, with a, a lot of other independent rappers. Chris Webby, who I've talked about before, or Max talked about before. Um, this guy, Jaron Benton, he did some stuff with, with Technon. So good, good, good people, I think. Definitely. Um, but yeah, that about uh, wraps it up. For we're this. gonna we're gonna go watch the the MJ documentary, and we yep. should be back either tomorrow or Tuesday to to break down what we've seen today. Yes, we will. Uh, that'll be our next episode. Um, thank you guys so much for listening yep. and supporting. Um, and until next time, we will see you later. See you later. See ya. Bye, everybody.